This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the very first Olive Magazine podcast of 2017. Friends of 2016, welcome back. And for those that are new listeners, the Olive Magazine podcast is a weekly 30-minute digest of all the foodie wonderment that takes place at, you guessed it, Olive Magazine. It is presented by myself, Laura Rowe, the editor of Olive, and our crazy talented and passionate team of experts. So, without further ado, let's get cracking. This episode, Alex, our digital writer, has been out and about learning about one of the hot trends for 2017, Purple Veg, and she's been talking to the duo behind food and travel blog, The Curious Pair. Plus, Janine, our food director, is joined by Gregor, our chief sub and production editor, to debate their favourite healthy recipes for the new year. So, happy listening. It's good to have you back, listeners, and I hope you enjoy. First up, here's Alex, our digital writer, talking to Vernon Mascaranas, fruit and veg supplier at New Covent Garden Market in London, about purple veggies, why they're good for you, where you can get them, and what it's all about. Hello, I'm here at the New Covent Garden Market in Vauxhall, which is a very large wholesale fruit and veg market and also flower market. Um, and you can come along as well and buy, buy in bulk um, if you'd like to. Um, I'm actually here now with um, a man called Vernon, who is a fruit and veg geek. Uh, is how he describes himself and he's been supplying and growing fruit and veg for the past 15 years so lots to learn from you Vernon thank you yes um, and we're going to talk about in particular purple veg which we've seen as a food trend for 2017 absolutely what can you tell us about well, purple veg it first started around about two or three years ago yep. and we were introduced to some new seeds from some seed growers to trial uh, and these were things like purple cabbages purple kale purple potatoes as well which hadn't really started so we did about two or three years of just planting them me taking them out to chefs try them in kitchens uh one of the strangest things that we found was that actually these eaten raw were actually better than cooked right so 
a lot of the kales that we have now, the purple ones especially, most chefs are using them raw, just with a very light dressing. Ah, okay. So do they have a, a particular taste? Does the purple it, give, add any... any... It, it, it does add a flavour. It adds sweetness. Oh, okay. So definitely. So it's not like your old-fashioned, traditional, got to cook it for a long time kale. No. This is a really quick, flash-in-the-pan type of kale, or... or don't cook it at all. Just use it as a salad. Okay. So if, if anything, like, forgive my ignorance, I would assume that purple might mean something a bit bitter, um, but if, if it adds sweetness, that's... If you think of um, a red cabbage, yeah. think of a red onion. Of course, yeah. They're sweet. They are sweet. But also in the fruits, if you think of deep red fruits, so think of a loganberry and yeah. a tayberry. They're actually, yes, they're acidic, but they're very sweet as well. Okay, great. So... It, I understand what you're saying, but I yeah. think that's for the traditional varieties yes. of, of, of purple fruits. But the more modern ones have got so a much like higher purple, sugar concentration. Purple potato, purple carrots, would they be so sweeter? Purple potatoes, um, not necessarily sweeter. Um, we do a few varieties. We do an Aaron Victory, a Salad Blue and a Highland Burgundy. Mm -hmm. But what we find each of them is has its own unique characteristics. So for a gnocchi, I always recommend using a Highland Burgundy. Right. For a salad, a, um, a salad potato, we go for the salad blue because you can cook that, let that cool down. Mm -hmm. And then what's really nice, when you dress that with the potato, there's a slight bleeding from the potato in colour. Right. So you get like this whirl on a plate oh, wow. that just looks really, really good. We just and have to hope it comes out uh, yeah. how you want it to. <laughs> yes. Rather yes. Than bleeding so things like purple carrots. So um, you're probably aware that the purple carrot was the original colour of the yes, carrot in our country. That's right, that. yeah. So we started regrowing those here about 15 years ago. Oh. You'll see purple carrots, you'll see white carrots, you'll see yellow carrots. Heritage carrots, they, 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 they call them that. But um, I wouldn't say it's sweeter, but it, they, or they all do taste different. Okay. So a yellow tastes different to a purple, tastes different to an orange. Okay, right. And um, so we've talked about taste. Is there any added benefit for um, of purple vegetables? Do they have, I've heard they're rich in antioxidants. They're very high in, yeah. in antioxidants. So what they're supposed to do, and I'm not saying that it's going to the health-wise, but apparently it helps with blood pressure. Uh, it helps kill cancer cells. Right. Um, it's good for your um, liver and heart. This is what research is developing. No one's proving anything yet. Um, but this is what it's apparently supposed to okay. be doing. And there's one new fruit that's come on the market called the Arona Berry, right. which um, we work with the guys who are growing it in, in the UK. We're the only growers in the UK. Where is it native to? It, it, um, okay, it started off in Canada, North America, okay. came over to Scandinavia, right. went to Poland, and then right. we brought it here. Okay, it's a long roundabout. It, it's a long it. roundabout. <laughs> but it's a berry that we mainly people use it for um, for the juice. Right. But its antioxidants is something like ten times what you'd find in any other fruit and veg. We're growing it a little bit in Kent, a little bit in Wales, a, 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 a little bit in Scotland. So, what kind of taste are we going to get from that? Oh, is it's it really so it's it, it's it's quite an intense taste. So, a, a lot of my chefs are using it to enrich a game jus. Ooh, so it adds that little yeah. sweetness, but it's got it's got that really really rich. You it's, you can't really drink it as a juice. You've got to drink it as a cordial. Okay. More and then we can do that dried. We can do that uh, frozen, and then for that sort of four week period of the year, we have it fresh. Great! Wow, that sounds brilliant. So uh, yeah, we love like weird and wonderful 
food that I live. And that sounds like uh, something that we're going to Now, you can go try. online to um, Arona Berries. Right. And you can buy it directly online. Okay. And also on the potatoes, if you go to uh, the potato shop, again, you can either buy it from their farm shop in Kent. Right. Or you can buy it um, online. Okay. Are there any other weird and wonderful purple veg? Well, purple cauliflower. Right. Purple beans. Purple beans. So, what? like a French bean. Okay. But purple. Right. And the trouble with some of the purple veg is when you cook it, it loses the purple. It goes uh, grey. Like in Bridget Jones' diary when she makes blue soup with the, yes. with, the, um, <laughs> with the string. Maybe that kind of effect? So, yeah. So you get so, purple water? I tr- yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what I try and encourage is to use those raw. Right. So you, okay. you must be aware of one of the um, trends at the moment is cauliflower couscous. Yes, we've got a recipe on that on olivebangzine.com. <laughs> so there you go. So cauliflower couscous. So if you use that purple cauliflower raw, Right. It keeps the whole colour. So uh, it, it, yes. Mm. Yeah. But if you cook it, it starts to go grey. Right. Okay. So you want purple couscous, not grey. Absolutely. <laughs> you want purple beans, not not grey beans. But the, the the most traditional purple veg I can think of that we have that um, we grow in this country is purple sprouting broccoli. Yes, I love. It's the most fantastic veg, and this time of year it's at its peak. We should all be eating the leaf, the stem, and that little um, floretta at the top. And also what's really good, and in particular at the moment, is that we're growing purple sprouting broccoli here in the UK. Whereabouts? We grow it all over Evesham, we grow it in Kent, we grow it in Norfolk. But because of all the issues with Brexit, oh, okay, yeah. it's UK grown, so we're right. not paying the um, euro price. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, at the moment, you'll know about all the issues in Spain yeah. with the floods. Yeah. So your normal broccoli is tripled in price in the last two weeks. Okay. But if we're buying from the UK, it's fine. So is there anything else that you're seeing happening on the fruit and veg trends market? So I like hybrid vegetables. Have you had any of that? We had some cucumelons recently. Um, I've seen a few. Is that a bit of a fad for you? I think it's a <laughs> bit of a fad. I'm sort of more a traditionalist. Okay. So a lot of the purple things that we're seeing is not new crops. It's no. old-fashioned crops which we're just reintroducing. Yeah, okay. As opposed to crossing species or um, crossing varieties. Yeah, so these these crops have been grown for years and years and years, haven't they? And then maybe just in places that are a little less accessible, so you're bringing them to the UK. We're starting people growing Tayberries, Loganberries, all of that type of stuff, which we have grown for a long time here, but have just gone out of fashion. Yes. Yeah. So and again, so bring the purple veg back we're into bringing fashion. Bringing the purple veg back back <laughs> into fashion, and we're encouraging people to eat it as raw as they can. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you to Vernon and Alex. Next, in the first recipe wars of 2017, Janine and Gregor discuss what to cook when you want to lighten up a little and swap some healthy eating tips. Hello, Gregor, and welcome to the first podcast of 2017, Hello, Recipe Janine. Wars. <laughs> yes, welcome to the new year. Um, and this this time, we're going to talk about healthy recipes. We as are. Is, as is traditional, this time of year, everyone's deciding to try and be healthy, to change their lives, that sort of stuff. Because most of us spent Christmas face down in a cheese board. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exa- exactly that. Or, or indeed, hoovering our way across it. Yeah. What, what was the most indulgent thing you ate this Christmas, do you think? Well, difficult to say. I went on holiday for the first time ever over Christmas, nice. so I didn't have a, my traditional Christmas dinner. Okay. But I did, I did, I did have... 
Um, well, I cooked myself based on in the in the in the current issue of the magazine or in yeah. the forthcoming issue of the magazine. There's mm. some, an octopus dish. An octopus. An octopus dish. Where 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 the heck were you? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Lanzarote. Oh well, fair enough. So I bought some, some octopus legs. <laughs> the land bar- of the octopus. And, and barbecued them. Yeah, <laughs> Lanzarote, home of the octopus. <laughs> and I got so I bought I bought some octopus legs, barbecued them. Yeah. It was hot enough to do that, even at Christmas. Yeah, and uh, and then put them put them in with olive oil nice. and uh, sherry vinegar and some capers. My friends were impressed. I was impressed. That's pretty healthy in itself, though. It is. It is. I, I even ate a little bit of salad on the side, oh. so, it was, so it was so it was steady very on. good. Yeah, no, it was steady <laughs> on. but we had some fish too at the same time, and okay. it was it was really nice. Um, and I don't know that I think I think actually when I go to eat healthy healthily, mm. um, in general, what I'm trying to cut out is processed meats yeah. and carbs, yeah. pretty much. And um, so usually, what I, what I'm doing when I'm on a health drive is trying to eat fewer potatoes and less pasta. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about yourself, Janine? Um, I, I I'm like you. I try to bump up the flavors so if I want to eat something healthy I kind of don't want to deny myself I don't and I definitely don't want to eat salad because I don't I just find it really hard work to crunch through and I don't want to eat a stir fry because I find them really hard work yeah it's something about denying yourself food and having to chew through a massive plate of it that really puts me no I I know exactly what you mean but my at least well what I find difficult about eating healthily is not doing it Per se, but it's in getting used to it to begin yeah. with. Because I, I'm 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 one of those people who tends to do things a bit all or nothing. So right. I tend to eat really a bit, do the Elvis diet for quite some time, <laughs> and then and then but, you know follow, followed by. I've seen you hanging around the um you know the test kitchen when there's cake and there's oh yeah sort of I've got a sauces. terrible sweet tooth. You've got and a it, sweet tooth. And, and as soon as as soon as I've eaten one sweet thing, right, I want to eat it. It triggers all. you. Yeah, yeah, it does. It triggers me. And I want to eat a lot. <laughs> um, but if I I do also find that if I don't eat it, yeah, I'm 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 fine. Right, so it's. What what I generally tend to do is like in this issue of the magazine, yep. fortunately, the January issue, the current yep. one. There are a few recipes that I've that I've had already, um, because my uh, my partner Susanna and myself are uh, are both on a health drive, which which helps to do it both at once. Yep. She which means she hides the chocolate from me <laughs> and eats it while I'm out. <clears throat> so um, what what. I've had so far is was the super salmon salad, that's which really we did, nice, yeah. which was a really good one, and that's the sort of thing that I like to, to yeah. eat with them because it's got you know it's got a mixture of things in it and it's got greens it's got lots and it's of got greens flavors, in it, yeah. it's got greens, it's a mixture of stuff. I think the greens are nice as well because you just get a little bit of that carby yeah. goodness, but you don't you don't feel really like stuffed afterwards. Exactly that, and also I like, another thing I like to do is to buy that dark rye toast, the one that comes in slight dark rye bread, right, the one yeah. that comes in slices. Mm-hmm. And freeze it so I can have it one slice at a time because bread is a thing I crave tremendously. Yeah, me too. And uh, and I, f- I find denying myself bread extremely difficult. Does it make you really grumpy? I hungry. It does. <laughs> it does make me kind of hungry. But it's but you know what I find that if I gorge on good stuff quickly. Yeah. Then I manage to get through without eating anything, anything bad to begin with, and then I get. Used I think to that's it. a problem, though, isn't it? Because for me, sometimes it's the time involved. So I'm making something healthy, 
when I get them from work. Meanwhile, if there's like a bit, a massive chunk of cheddar in the in the fridge, it's kind yeah. of calling to me like, yeah. cut a piece of me off. Yeah, yeah. Me while you cook it. Exactly. You know that. what I mean? I can actually yeah. hear it singing to me. So yeah. I have it's to also be... the same, even if it's just like adding a touch of Parmesan, yeah. the temptation to chop a big chump, oh, yeah, chunk I, off I and do. eat it. Yeah. That, surely yeah. that's just Cook's treat. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's, that's standard. It's very Sorry. difficult not to do. <laughs> And the other, th- and the other thing that I had was the um, the winter veg and bacon minestrone, oh, which, yeah. which was had that last night actually, which was really delicious actually. Again, because that's got a little, that does have a little bit of pasta in, but it's quite um, deceiving because it looks, you feel like you've got a lot because you've got loads of veg in there. Yeah. You've got your, you've got your bacon for a little bit of saltiness. You've got your broths, which mm. really fills you up. And the, the kind of little bit of pasta, because it swells up and fills out, you mm. actually feel like you're eating a lot more than you are. So yeah. it's quite a good trick, that. It is a good trick. And, and the meat in that is, is, is like, it's more for the flavour in it. There's not an awful lot yeah, of it. Yeah, there's not a lot of it. It's just really yeah. a handful of... Yeah. And then, um, again, another thing that I used for this was from one of our magazines, Quite, um, it was a number of years ago, but mm. it's one that can use quite a lot it was basically a can of white beans that you just rinse off and then you do the very very thinly sliced red onion mix it through oh, yeah. and then it was it was smoked trout and parsley oh, that yeah, you put with nice. it but you can do mm. it with not just with smoked trout but with like a, any kind of fish and i you know i've used smoked mackerel for that one quite mm. a lot there's a fish stall near where i live and he, he has really nice smoked mackerel and uh, and uh, you know put that in that works well. And that's and a nice can... one because it's not like it's not like a salady salad. As you're not just mm. crunching your way through masses no. of leaves and no, feel like you're not salad. getting anywhere. Yeah. A beanie salad. A beanie salad. Now that's another good trick. Is yeah. beanie next? Because <laughs> yeah. because you know it's not carbs in quite the same way. It fills you up and it's really. But they're really, really good. good for you. And as they're well. good for you. Yeah. <clears throat> and you keep them in your cupboard. Yeah. And it's super quick, which yeah. I think is. Is like again. Is my major trick is just something that I don't want to wait three hours for something healthy. I'm, you know, that's yeah. sorry. All yeah. the cheese has gone. No, no, no. It. That's that's that is that's yeah. a difficulty, isn't it? It's yeah. like uh, it's like when you know everyone being too drunk to eat at a barbecue by the time you actually yeah. get the plate of food. Yeah, I've been to yeah. a few of those barbecues, <laughs> not ones that I've had, yeah. by the way. No, oh, hell no, not yeah. Janine. When I when yeah. I was younger, I yeah. was guilty of that kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, yeah. get, get the dinner on the drunk. table. Well, no. I mean, getting the dinner on the table three hours late, by which time no one wants to eat because no, they've exactly, all got, they're exactly. all several bottles down, but that yeah. doesn't happen anymore. I'm, no, I'm much no. more organised. Yeah. Well, I've I've got a recipe from way back and I've actually adapted it a couple of times in, in the magazine. Um, I got it from a guy called Ben O'Donoghue, who is an Australian chef and he used to work for us back in the day, back in the, the very early days of Olive. Um, you had a little column. The recipes for a thing called Salsa Rossa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an incredible uh, Italian, like, hot salsa. Right. So um, what you do, it's really simple, and I urge you to try this, is mm-hmm. you take a tin of tomatoes yep. and drain them. Mm-hmm. So you can use that juice for Bloody Mary. Not if you're on dry January. You can have a Virgin Mary. But, okay. um, and then you get a nice big fat clove of garlic. And Ben introduced me to this thing as well of... Um, De, like de-stemming the garlic. Right, the green um, bit out the middle. The green bit out the middle, yeah. yeah. He was the first person years ago that ever told me about that. But, and I always do it now because apparently it makes it bitter and right. a little bit more acrid. Difficult um, to digest. I yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, you slice it really thinly and then you pour some olive oil, into just normal olive oil, into a pan. 
um, you add your sliced garlic, just so it starts sizzling. And what you have to do um, is you kind of wait until the garlic, um, you get a wooden spoon, you wait till the garlic goes sticky, as in sticks to the spoon. And that yes. means that the garlic is kind of released all of its oil right. and it's dried out a little bit. So it's ready to add your mm-hmm. tomatoes, which you add. And then you add a cinnamon stick, which you break up. Yeah. And a red chili, which you just prick with an, um, the end of a knife. So mm-hmm. you've just got little holes in. Yeah. Put that in, put a lid on and simmer it for half an hour, which sounds like a long time. I mean, it is. You can make it ahead. But once you finish, you're just going to be able to use it. So the whole thing's only going to take you half an hour. Um, and what happens is the um, the tomatoes reduce and get really glossy and they take on all the flavour of the garlic and the cinnamon, which is a really unusual background flavour, but really warming. Mm-hmm. And they get a little bit of heat from the chilli. And then right at the end, you finish it with another sort of little glug of olive oil mm-hmm. and um, a big handful of chopped basil. And it's absolutely the most delicious thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And what I do, um, when he when he served it to it the first time, we had it with char grilled tuna, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah, that sounds great. So what I do is I get a massive pile of um, uh, broccoli, a purple sprout and broccoli or long stem broccoli, and steam that. I'll just boil it, drain it, and then char grill the tuna, and then just slather the whole thing in loads of salsa rosso. And it is the most satisfying, healthy meal in the world. And it's I'm just gone, yeah. Because <laughs> I think for me, like I was writing down things that I that I really like when I'm mm. trying to be healthy, and spice is one thing. So mm. anything that I can add spice to, so things like you know either your spice cupboard or um, having a little jar of harissa around mm. or having a little jar of chipotle paste yeah. to sort of add to sauces. Because for some reason, your stomach seems to like feel fuller if you've got that sort of extra edge of spice or yes to it. i know what you mean it's it's, it's like because you 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 have more flavor mm. you feel more satisfied yeah don't you yeah and it's and, and a, a variety in texture as well helps yeah um similarly actually salsa verde making some nice salsa verde yeah that's a really good one so if you so even if you have some sort of white fish or whatever yeah. you can add or it or even to that like or, really plain chicken yeah exactly salsa verde on and it there really and beefs it up so yeah a thing to that that I often do is whenever whenever I make um, a roast chicken, for mm. instance. So sometimes salsa verde goes very very well with that mm. when it's cool. So if you if you have one meal, say, and you've got white fish and you've done a salsa verde to go with it, yeah, and it. then you make a salad with, and then you use the use the what the remains of your chicken, and then you slather it in yeah. in salsa verde, cash back as Alan Bartlett yeah. would say. <laughs> and it is like it's like getting. It's like getting a slap, isn't it? Because yeah, the yeah. flavour is yeah, so yeah. punchy yeah. that you're literally like, oh, God, I'm eating now. I know what I'm doing. It's like conscious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talk about like conscious eating. If you yeah. eat consciously, then yeah. then you understand that you're eating and you kind of know that you're full because you're tasting every single bite rather than just blandly shoving, you know, yeah, something yeah. Yeah. down your face. Throwing, basically. It, throwing it down your throat, yeah. as my mum would say. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing that I wrote as well was... um. Uh, obviously apart from the chili which comes in all of the things i described um is like that idea of like brothiness so with your winter minestrone mm-hmm. like having the big bowl of broth or it, it in fact our, our cover which mm-hmm. is a turmeric broth that we yes. kind of developed because we all became a little bit obsessed with how amazing turmeric, turmeric was for be, you yeah. 
Um, and it just feels good eating it. It's like a big sunshiny bowl of goodness. Yeah. But then having that and then adding, um, you know, a few noodles to that, again, it acts like the pasta in your minestrone where you kind of, you're slurping the broth and the noodles and everything is making you feel like you're you're yeah. filling up when yeah. in fact you're not actually taking on a huge amount of fat and calories, no. just just the right amount. So Yeah, I mean, that that was that's the other recipe yeah. that we've had from this is, is, the, is, the, is the cover recipe, yeah. which was great yeah. i have to say um but so the, the the other thing that i discovered about eating healthily that my uh, girlfriend keeps telling me is once you've eaten the thing yeah don't immediately go and eat something else straight away <laughs> wait until it actually hits your stomach yeah you pig go for a walk around the block <laughs> 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 hold on and it'll yeah. you know and then it, and right and especially with the with this kind of broth it works really well I mean, so I'm, I've always hated actually having soup for dinner. Yeah, um, and it, feel it feels like, like it's dinner. not dinner. But when it's like that, when it's yeah. a, when it's especially when it's a sort of Oriental style broth, um, if it, with, with that has meatballs, that has noodles, that has um, that has you know spicing, and it's mm. got greens in it. It's really a meal. It's not like a soup in the in the way that we think of it in the in the West. It just it's much more satisfying. Yeah, it's much more of a meal yeah. in a bowl, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I think there's loads of tips there for people thinking about eating healthy. You know, be conscious about your eating. Use spices. Use heat. Yep. Um, plenty of brilliant healthy recipes in the new issue of Olive, the January issue, which is on the shelves right now. Or mm. head to olivemagazine.com. Oh yeah, and we've got some amazing vegan recipes, including a life-changing vegan mayonnaise recipe yep. in the January issue. Um, also got tons of healthy recipes on olivemagazine.com, so head there as well. Thanks very much, Gregor. Thank you, Janine. Thank you, Janine and Gregor. Entertaining as ever. And last but certainly not least, Alex is back. This time she's talking to Megan and Izzy, the pals behind Food and Travel blog, The Curious Pair. Listen to their insider tips for foodies in New York, Lisbon and Marrakesh. Hello, so I'm here in Hackney at the Hackney Coffee Company. Um, just upstairs, a little uh, like it's like a little library, and we're just actually reading a book called "Dieting Makes You Fat." It does <laughs> with a curious pair. I can concur. <laughs> um, so I'm with the curious pair, who are um, best friends, uh, Meg and Izzy, and they've been best friends for 11 years. And I can actually vouch for that because I, I have a personal contact. So I know you guys aren't lying. It's legitimate friendship. <laughs> it's not all a ruse. Yeah. So you met at school. <laughs> yes. Did. Age um, 13. Lovely. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And um, two years ago in India, I hear you had a bit of a light bulb moment. We really did. Yes. We did. We were lying oh, on the beach. We were lying on the beach and we were thinking about ways that we could always be together yeah um and izzy's always taking pictures i've always written so we decided to kind of combine the two uh passions basically lock each other in to (laughs) to an endless relationship yeah and then food is something we've always shared as well um or not shared and so (laughs) if you're eating with meg yeah so we decided to kind of go from there and pitch some things to some magazines and okay two years ago the curious pair love the name thanks how did you come up with it so there was, we had to come up, we were challenged with coming up with a name by Suitcase Magazine. He gave us a column. And um, we kind of sat at the dinner table, naturally, and with a bottle of wine, I think. There was definitely, there's always wine. <laughs> there was wine. There's Maybe always wine. Um, and we came up with a spreadsheet, no, a spider diagram. And we basically, I think the first name 
was the worst. It was two spoons, which, right. you know, it's twee. The Curious Pair is quite twee, actually, but this no, was... No, but it's original and it's inquisitive and... And we are a pair. Well, yeah. we're a pair, so... And I, People tend to have a moment where they realise what we've done there. Oh, Pam! And they get it. And you can eat it. Yeah. But we had a lot of names that sounded like pantry, kind of like a pantry Bible. Yeah, like catering companies, like Gin and Ginger, um, because we called each other Ging. Okay. Um, So, yeah. Right. Okay, so, um, Curious Pair, I think we've, um, we know why the name. So what exactly is it about? Curious pair. What's your unique selling point? Um, well, we started off doing kind of pieces, top five, top ten kind of pieces about where to eat, um, where to go, mostly in New York. So we actually started it in New York. We got okay. back from India, moved to New York. As you doing, do. As you do, <laughs> the pair. Um, and then we, the more that we started doing that, the more we realised that the people were the interesting bit. So okay. we'd go to a restaurant and we'd end up talking to a chef or a manager or whatever or the um, founder of a drinks company yeah. or whatever. And we, they always, we discovered that they always had a story and always had a passion. And, they yeah. always, and with that, you know, comes like funny stories, family stories. There's always memories wrapped up in these things. There's a reason why you go into food. It's, it's a hard industry to be in. Yeah. And to do it, you've got to be... Yeah, you've got completely, yeah, like furiously in love with it, and they always are. Um, so we were like, well, let's just go for the people, let's start talking to them more. And that became our thing, thing, and yeah. yeah. And who is the, the most interesting character you've met? I think it's got to be Fergus, it's Fergus be, Henderson, yeah, oh, iconic. Um, yeah, iconic. so iconic, What's so lovely, just heavenly. <laughs> he is so nice, so passionate really interesting obviously like he's got he's led the most incredible life um and we met him well one of the times that we met him we actually ended up he was cooking a pie for us and it was the hottest day of the year right and we were sitting in his garden drinking port and eating a rabbit pie (laughs) in the searing heat sweating (laughs) trying to you know be quite cool because he's just a don very cool Um, it really is but both of us just looking across, sort of fanning ourselves and also <laughs> our eyes rolling on our heads because the wine was flowing. But he's just so, he just loves rich food, yeah. good company, lots of wine. So what was in the pie? Um, it was rabbit. Trotter. Trotters. Yeah. And bacon. Yeah. Always like bacon. a big kind of saddle of bacon. Yeah. And suet, suet crust. Suet crust. So very rich. And then after that, we went home and just lay in a dark room. Yeah. Um, right. And I think Fergus just got on with his day and went back to St. John and I don't think he carried on eyelid. being the king of Clerkenwell. So when he's, when he's cooking and everything, does he... Does he speak? Uh, does he talk a lot about what he's doing? Is he is he very yeah. centered? Is he? he he is. He um, talks about how you've got to put a pie to bed in the oven and right. kind of coax it out like a child. Oh. He calls. He says a pie. What was it? Something about a pie shouldn't be like a gimp in the cupboard <laughs> that right. just jumps out and surprises you. You should okay. know what's going into it. And he has this amazing, really lyrical, imaginative way of talking oh, about food and. Um, He's just always such a joy to interview because you just come back with this kind of these quotes that are just gold. And, yeah, you just don't know how he comes he out. He made with Meg um, work with the pastry and just wasn't impressed at all. He was like, "You've no. got to put your back into it, put your back into it, girl." I was like, "Fergus, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard." Well, he's, a, he's an expert, isn't he? So he it's is. probably easy for him. Okay, so 
you've got these amazing, weird and wonderful people that you're meeting all the time. Um, how would you, because Izzy, you do photography, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. How would you capture a person? Because that, your portraits um, really, you know, capture the spirit of somebody. Yeah. How would you do that? How would you tell our listeners to do that if they were a budding photographer? Well, <laughs> I would say the most important thing is being really comfortable with your subject and making them feel really comfortable because anyone who sort of feels nervous in front of the camera, you're not going to get a really nice portrait from because they sort of seize up. And I know that because... I'm really awkward in front of the camera. <laughs> she is so. the most awkward person to take a picture yeah. of. Her jaw kind of just Dislocates. swings from side to side. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. It's good job you're um, behind the camera. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like I have quite a lot of sympathy for the people in front of the camera. So I try not to, you know, take too long. I try and make it quite, you know, short because I think if you try and drag it out, people lose sort of the spark and they lose interest and um you know just not launching straight at them with a camera sort Mm -hmm. of spending a little bit of time just chatting to them so they feel comfortable with you before you then ask them you know to sit for the port or you know there's been a lot of times where she's kind of made them she goes look look at meg and i kind of have to dance wave my arms around smile yeah it adds an extra (laughs) element and they don't feel like it's just them camera photography exactly. it's yeah. just in a room so and it's so different now because everyone's so aware of the fact that a photo is going to go very far yeah. and a lot yeah. of people are going to see them whereas yeah. you know 20 years ago even exactly. it would be for a magazine and then yeah. it would be disposed of True. so now it's kind of yeah. I think people are more self-conscious but you're yeah. so good at and I think um, our the thing that we try and achieve together as much is you know we don't want people to feel like it's this big interview and it's like really intimidating and we're coming just to you know we want people to feel really comfortable and at the end of the day we just want people to have fun and we want to be you know we tend to leave and actually feel like we've made friends which I think is really important so it doesn't sort of feel like you just go in and you know get what you want and leave exactly yeah yeah and um so speaking of your images so these guys have got a great Instagram account it's at the curious pair um p-e-a-r just clarify um and um you have a really unique um aesthetic to your Instagram because you split your screen don't mm-hmm. you for images so um is it John to tell us a bit about that yeah so it was actually sort of quite a happy accident when we started we just wanted to do something that was a little bit different um and we basically just wanted to share more pictures than Instagram lets you so we yeah so then but then it just became a thing and people responded really well to it and people I think like seeing something that stands out um so you know, we just carried on with it and now we wouldn't ever do anything different. No, yeah. I don't think you can because no. people, like, yeah. I for one, like, I look at all your pictures and and I think I'd be like, oh, it's, it's not the curious pair. Yeah. Who's taken over the Instagram account? <laughs> That's just dawned on us that it's yeah. a pair of images. Yeah. But I also think that we like the idea of it being a kind of editorial mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely. profile. Yeah. Because we don't post all the time, every yeah. day. We kind of like the idea of someone visiting and, you know, we do a little chunk of writing about it about the subject and it's all quite you know yeah. hopefully a little bit like a Instagram magazine yeah. yes no it <laughs> is because that's what I, I love about um, you guys because you can always get really good tips in like really short snippets 
Um, and you're always off traveling, making me very jealous, um, <laughs> even though I do get to travel quite a lot as well. But um, so you've recently been to Lisbon, New York, and Marrakesh. Yes. Our spiritual homes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yes, part of do, ourselves <laughs> in each one. I'm going to do something very difficult right now. I'm going to give you each a breakfast, lunch, and dinner choice in any of those places. I'd so. say that's hard, but it's not because yeah. I constantly am just thinking about what I'm going to eat in that place when yeah. I go back. So, so okay. <laughs> so, it. Meg, do you want to go first? What's your breakfast place? My breakfast place is Cafe Mogador in the East Village in New York. Okay. Um, and it's a Middle Eastern cafe. It's very iconic. There's always queues okay. outside it. You've got to be patient to get in. But they do this Moroccan breakfast, which is they just they dust their bread with this spice mix. I don't even know what they do with it, but it's it's heavenly I'd go to sleep on it um, and you get hummus you get chopped salad labneh labneh um, harissa harissa and then you can have fresh grapefruit juice and Ooh. it's the best hangover cure in the world and it's just delicious amazing so Izzy what's yours? It's got to be a custard tart from right. Lisbon. Oh, There's Belen? one. No, no. Belantagaria. I don't. Belen I, I think <laughs> Belen is too eggy. Right. So oh. I go to okay, Mantagaria. I don't like egg and. Yeah, neither like do I. Tart. Yeah. But, Really? Yeah. Right, yeah. well, she's going to tell us. Well, where is it? Belém is too rich for me and too eggy. I love Mantagaria, okay. which is in the centre of Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And you watch them making it, uh, them, and they just bring them out on trays and you get a little coffee and they just give it to you and it's warm and Amazing. it's dusted with sugar and then you add cinnamon. And I would put on 10 stone of custard tarts and okay. be happy. <laughs> right, great. Okay, so nowhere to go for breakfast. Lunch. Next. Um, Nomad in Marrakesh. It's a rooftop restaurant. It's open all day, I think. It's strung with fairy lights. It looks out of the spice market. They have modern um, Moroccan food, so they'll do a tagine, but they'll kind of they'll have a twist. And they do alcohol, which you oh, know, isn't really a yeah. thing. Um, and it's just got the most incredible atmosphere. It's so beautiful. It's so modern and just... Lovely. Yeah. I'm going to go for Café Colette in Brooklyn which is the most beautiful restaurant you will ever walk into and they do unbelievable Bloody Marys and the best Mm. burgers and when you're hungover that is just all you want I see a theme going on here we had hungover brunch hungover lunch hungover today as well (laughs) right okay dinner um, Paulie G's in Brooklyn as well. We love Brooklyn. We live there for a winter. And so a lot of eating went on. Um, it's a pizzeria. It's run by this, um, I think, Sicilian New Yorker called Paulie G, who walks around the place with a can of beer and talks to everyone. Um, and they everyone. do flats with everyone. Right. And they do this one called the Hellboy, which is honey, Ooh. spicy honey, pepperoni, but kind of thick, dark pepperoni, and just the most perfect, perfect naples style pizza and we were eating one each halfway through it we beckon the waitress and order another one because Great. that's what you have to do when okay. you have good pizza order two pizzas two were you hung over them as well actually no but the <laughs> next day we were because right. paulie g offered us limoncello okay so. is it dinner <laughs> alpha Thea in marrakesh it's right. this incredible um really really authentic moroccan restaurant run by just women um and they do the best tagines i've ever had Ooh. in my life Okay, amazing. Yeah. I'm going to throw one in there from mm. Lisbon, a dinner or lunch. Okay. Ramiro. <gasps> yes, Ramiro yes. is incredible. Queues out the door. But it's so worth I think it. three or four stories 
Maybe yeah, three. Because my um my parents went recently and they followed um my, my recommendations and they actually texted me and said the queue is huge and I said wait stick to and it. And they messaged me like half an hour later saying definitely worth <gasps> it. Biggest just, prawns I've ever seen. Also, oh. they're kind of they're candy coloured. They're mm. so bright mm. and then you just get a butter sauce and then did you oh, finish with a steak sandwich? Yes. And Vianetta. Yeah, no <gasps> we finished with Vianetta which was like a throwback to my childhood and it yeah. was heaven the most exotic fish steak sandwiches yeah. Vianetta steak sandwiches cheap wine this crusty <gasps> oh, oh my god! I think we yeah. need to bring Vianetta back yeah I'm just saying yeah. oh big statement big yeah. statement yeah. I think I agree actually yeah. maybe that. it can be the next trend for 2017 Vianetta yeah. well, retro, that. retro yeah. desserts yeah. right on that note <laughs> thanks very much girls Thank you. Um, yeah, so get them at The Curious Pair. And is your website thecuriouspair.com? Dot com. Great. Dot com. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Big thanks to the lovely Curious Pair ladies and to you, our lovely loyal listeners. Thank you for listening and be sure to search for us on social media at Olive Magazine and let us know exactly what you think. And don't forget to grab your copy of the latest issue, which has loads of great healthy eating inspo without compromising on the joy. We're all about the joy at Olive. So happy cooking, happy eating. And until next time. <laughs>